Hello and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Exercise is medicine, strength training is stronger medicine. With your host, Batista Gramode, and myself, Stephen Hersey, aka Dr. Fitness USA. And today we have the great pleasure to have as our guest, Dr. Lale Talibian. Lale Talibian, PhD, is a cancer research scientist a nutritionist specialist, a podcaster, author, and a professional champion bodybuilder. You may have caught her on TV or seen her featured in Health Watch magazine. As a research scientist with more than two decades of experience, Dr. Lale earned her PhD in molecular biology of cancer for from Dartmouth College. Her research has been published in 10 major peer-reviewed scientific journals. She founded her customized health consulting business in 2010 and has served more than 700 clients and patients. Dr. Lale's patients and clients include an Olympic athlete, doctors, bodybuilders, and other athletes, moms, dads, and couch potatoes. She has guided her patients to lose over 100 pounds, go from unsolvable chronic pain to living pain-free, and to leave death's doorstep to thrive under her care. When she's not transforming lives, you might find Lale on her road bike in Vermont, where she lives, with her partner, Eric, and her cat, Bowie. <laughs> Welcome. We are so excited to have you today on our show. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Lale. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor. Beautiful. So to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today, and why a scientist? Absolutely. So my uh, mission on becoming a scientist really started back when I was 15. Uh, my father died of cancer on my 15th birthday, and he was 49. Before that, I knew I wanted to be a scientist to cure disease. But on that day, uh, uh, cancer became an obsession for me. And I worked really hard. I escaped uh, my country uh, of birth, Iran at the time, the war. And two countries later, and uh, 20 years exactly after my dad died, I earned my PhD in cancer biology, cancer immunology. You could imagine, like, it's mission accomplished, right? <laughs> well, not quite, because I got to that point and working in clinical trials and clinical research, I really observed that the majority, I want to say 90% of all cancers and other chronic illnesses are preventable or treatable without use of toxic chemicals by just proper nutrition and lifestyle, eating well and moving your body. And I became more interested in prevention because if people are not sick, we don't have to treat them with toxic chemicals to make them even sicker. So I switched my focus on uh, problem solving and sort of solving the puzzle in prevention. And 
teaching uh, people to uh, eat properly, eat the way mother nature intended and move their bodies and uh, strength train in order to keep their bodies healthy and strong and uh, allowing uh, or empowering their immune system to uh, fight disease uh, and prevent disease. Why bodybuilding? Well, I have to say there, there are these two things about me that people think are very different, but they're actually very connected. So to become a scientist as a woman in a male-dominated profession was almost impossible. I was told, ha, you know, don't even try. So for me, if you want me to do something, tell me I can't. That was one. To become a bodybuilder, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of mental focus. It takes a lot of dedication. And it's not an easy thing. I want to say even almost hardest than any other sport, if you can imagine. And that also is something that is not necessarily, uh, it's more of a male dominated sport, let's face it. But also being ectomorph, meaning as someone who is very small, very thin and have a hard time putting muscle on, I was told without steroids, without drugs, no way, you can't be a bodybuilder. And I said, well, watch me. Now, how do those two empower me to actually do what I do and help other people is if you uh, practice the sport of bodybuilding in a natural, um, healthy way, it's actually really, really healthy lifestyle because you are fueling your body the right way, proper, clean food, and you are strength training, you're strengthening your body and your skeletal muscle really provides a backbone of your body strength to be able to pretty much get through anything. And the mental focus that you need for bodybuilding, it's very much the same as the mental focus and dedication that you need to get a PhD. Let's face it, it takes a lot of work to become a scientist. And the two come together even more beautifully because I use all the science of genetics and biochemistry that I have learned to sort of decipher the pathways that help feed the muscles the right way. And sometimes even identifying different people, what fuels their body the best way. So not everyone's the same. So what works for me to put on muscle may not work for you. And that brings me to the unique factor. So everyone's unique. So there isn't a one size fits all formula in anything, but guess what? Especially in bodybuilding, it definitely is very much individualized to the person. So that's a long answer to a short question, but that's how those two things kind of come together. <laughs> what comes to mind is why do you think women in general resist bodybuilding and strength training? Because that. Actually, that was my story. I was a ballet dancer, flamenco dancer, and I had a lot of misconceptions. And I'm just curious for your, from your experience, why do you think that is? Well, one major myth is that if you lift weights, you're going to get bulky. And that is a huge myth. And well, number one, it takes a lot of lifting heavy and a long time for anyone 
to actually really put on muscle. There's a big misconception that you probably have heard these people say, well, I've been exercising for three months. I haven't lost weight, but I think I put on muscle, right? Have you heard that? <laughs> I always say if that was true, <laughs> my goodness, believe me how big I would be right now. So let me give you an example. In the last 12 years, I have managed to put on about five to six solid pounds of muscle. It has taken me that long, okay? okay? So the big myth is you're going to work out and you're going to get bulky. Number one, it doesn't happen that fast. I wish it did. Uh-huh. Number two is that men have a lot more testosterone than women do naturally. So we are, we're going to have to work a lot harder to get bulky like men. So we never could naturally unless you went out of your way and used you know, performance enhancing drugs to do that, which we don't want, it's not healthy. Plus, there is also a misconception, or maybe just, a you know, tradition, an old fashioned thing that men who have women who have muscle look like men. And that's absolutely not true. To me, a strong muscular body on a woman is much more attractive than, say, a skinny fat, right? We don't want to be skinny, we want to be strong. And that is the biggest reason why most women have resistance and resistance or, or strength training. What do you say to the women that are lifting five pounds and doing a hundred reps <laughs> and they think they're going to build muscle that way? What? Right. So uh, that's a great question. And you see that a lot, you know, people who are doing those five pound dumbbells for the last 12 years, right? And they do the same thing. Okay, so if you want to change something, what do you need to do? You need to change, right? You can't do the same thing and expect different results. It's like a definition of insanity, right? So my my advice to most women is that if you want to really condition your body, you really think about the strength that you're building, you're not going to, you know, get bulky with you know, increasing your weight by even 50%. It's not going to happen. But what it will do for your body to actually experience that change and generate some density and, you know, definition, even if you don't want that much muscularity, it has to go through hypertrophy. And basically, that's a natural process where your your muscle fibers go through these micro tears in order to repair. And that's how you build a little more muscle. So if you do the same thing, it kind of becomes your body becomes adapted to it. It's kind of like having a plateau and you diet is the same thing. You're basically moving. Okay, it's not doing you any harm, but it's not changing anything either. So that's my my thought. Usually it's those, it's those two terms of expressions, Pilates or yoga, mostly uh, veered towards yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't connect the dots to what strength training would add to their lifestyle or habit. Mm-hmm. So that the key point for, especially for women to remember is naturally as we age, beyond 30, unfortunately, past age 30, we start losing muscle. And it's just a natural process. So if you lose muscle, your skeletal, your skeleton gets weaker, your body frame, it gets weaker. So you're just at risk of fractures and being bone density loss, just weaker in general. So not only are you using naturally, but if you don't continue to build up the muscle, that that even 
speeds up the process of aging more, right? So yoga and Pilates are good exercises for stability and body weight balance and stretch, but they're not enough for building and continuing to grow your muscle. In order for your muscles to grow, as I just explained, it requires hypertrophy. Let me be honest with you. There is no way that practicing yoga or Pilates, you're going to induce muscle hypertrophy that you need to make more muscle. So would yoga and Pilates alone be enough to maintain and help you even get stronger and more muscle as you age? Honestly, not. Are there good complement to a holistic approach to strength and wellness and fitness in general? Yes. For example, I lift six days a week. My rest days, I do yoga. And that is to really stretch these muscles that I'm working really hard and work on my balance and core strength and stability so that also I age gracefully so that I can I, I prevent falls and things like those are great things for that and great for stretching, but not enough for um, maintaining your musculature, your skeletal strength, or just um, muscle um, density in general. Well, we talked about how you became a bodybuilder, but what I want to know is your mindset, how you actually entered the arena where when you enter an environment, there's these uh, strange animals and there's all these big, huge weights and you're starting at point one. Mm-hmm. How did you change your mindset so that you became very adapted or comfortable in that environment and you saw the benefit of learning how to use all the tools that are available to you? That's a great question. You know, I, I started way back when I used to be a swimmer. I swam like an hour and a half a day, seven days a week. And then I started becoming more interested in, in strength training And uh, yes, I was kind of intimidated going to the gym and, you know, being made fun of not knowing really what to do. I mean, I know what dumbbells were and stuff like that, but guess what? I was a triathlete. I was a swimmer. So one of the biggest investments I made in myself was actually hire a trainer and started working with a trainer and having him by my side just made me more confident being there not hurting myself and learning what to do really. And, you know, not being alone in that environment. And that got me past that. And just strength training with a trainer also gave me the confidence that I can do this. And just once I kind of became comfortable with the things I was doing and, oh, I know what I'm doing, I can do this, then it became more fun. But it doesn't happen overnight. You have to understand that if you're anything new that you're learning, if you're going to learn play the piano isn't going to be overnight. You're going to need a coach and a teacher or something. You're going to need to practice. So the important thing is to, if you are not sure, or if you're not confident to start a strength training, don't know what to do, hire a personal trainer. That is what they do for a living. That's what they love to do. And they will hold your hand and they will teach you and they will empower you then to do it on your own. And you're going to have to repeat and repeat and repeat. You're going to have to be consistent and you'll get there. Trust me. It's just, it's like anything else. If you wanted to run a marathon, you wouldn't get up and go 26 miles tomorrow. You have to build up to it. The same thing applies to strength training, even more important because 
you know, strength training is very different from, say, running. <laughs> Everyone could get up and go run a distance, but strengthening is a whole different beast. So you really need to do it properly. Want to not get injured and get discouraged. And really to get the benefits of that training, not just lifting for the sake of lifting. That was a great answer. We go to the gyms and a lot of people just go hit and miss on one equipment and they don't realize it's a skill. Mm -hmm. They just think fitness, it's all in the same pot. Mm -hmm. I I do have a question. Earlier you said uh, that you are a natural bodybuilder. So for our audience... Mm -hmm. Who doesn't know what a natural bodybuilder, can you clarify that? Absolutely. So there are two types of competitions, if you will. There are those that are actually uh, drug tested. And um, many of those federations have a list of banned substances. And beware because for if you're new to this sport, really, really learn to research your supplements because there's supplements that you can just order on Amazon and there are banned substances. Not only are they banned, then you can't compete, but also they actually are, can be harmful to your body and your health. So um, the, the definition of natural bodybuilder is someone who basically trains for bodybuilding using only fuel and natural supplements. So not performance enhancing drugs such as steroids, for example. And by natural supplements, I mean things like simple as amino acids. So building blocks of proteins, because for you to build muscle, you have to have a proper amount of amino acids, which are building blocks of proteins like bricks to make a wall. So think about the wall as your muscle and those bricks are the amino acids. So we can't always get enough protein or bricks in our diet when we're intensely training. So we might need to supplement with amino acids. Those are fine. They're natural. They're things you get in your food. So banned substances are things that are basically supposed to unnaturally enhance your performance or, you know, help you grow muscle in in an unnatural way. And let me tell you what, when you go to a show and there are not natural or not sanctioned or not drug tested, you can tell the difference. <laughs> you really can. Plus, so, it's it's not beautiful. I think bodybuilding is a beautiful, beautiful sport. And people's bodies are absolutely amazing. And everybody has this beauty on their own. But when you mess with that, yeah. you you know it. They're completely out of balance. Dr. Fitness USA's vision is to create a stronger, healthier society of people enjoying vibrant health, unshakable self-confidence, and a sculpted body they'll fall in love with. Our custom-tailored formulas act as the GPS to your ultimate transformation so you can reach your destination faster and safer without injury. The Feminine Body Design program teaches a woman the art of strength training from a female perspective and helps her achieve the feminine physique she always dreamed of having. The Design Formula program teaches men to achieve a sculpted manly physique without injuries. Seniors can tap into the fountain of youth, get a new lease on life, rebuild their strength and eliminate aches and pains. Those with injuries learn to rehabilitate them, recover mobility 
and relieve back, neck, shoulder, and knee pain. Now, with working with Steven, just in, what, four workouts, I think, so far, if that, um, I have no pain in my knees like I used to. Suddenly, a quietness in the mind, clarity. I mean, I don't have back pain anymore. It's amazing. It's just really amazing. I'm Bernie Dorman. I'm founder and chairman of CO Space International, and I so endorse Dr. Fitness for leaders that better lives. He does the inside and the outside to make sure you're the best leader you can ever be. And yesterday was already too late to say yes. If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then Dr. Fitness USA can help you achieve it. So based on uh, the, the last question, let's move more into muscle development. Uh, do I have to rethink the food that I'm eating on a, on a day, daily or weekly basis? And, and a lot of times uh, we're hearing I'm eating a lot of salads. I'm uh, having plant protein. I can't, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. And um, yep. it'd be great to expand on your experience with mm -hmm. what meat can actually do for a, a, right. a person's body mm -hmm. and the natural process it goes through in digesting it. Steve, you don't know where you got me. You got the geek out of me now. So here's yeah. where the science meets the muscle. All right. So this is how I love to work with people and actually use my scientific knowledge to explain this. So let's first talk about who we are. We're humans. So humans are naturally omnivores. Omnivores are like dogs. We're supposed to eat animal protein and vegetation, vegetables as our carbohydrates. That is our basic diet, right? So you can't change that. You can imagine if you went and made your your dog vegetarian, it, it, it wouldn't survive really for long. So that's the basic information. We are omnivores. So we are not supposed to be vegetarians and vegans. And why is that? So they are 21 amino acids. Remember those building blocks I talked about, the bricks to the wall? So those are amino acids. So there are 21 amino acids. There are 10 or 11 of them that are called essential amino acids. And what that means is that we can get them through food. We cannot get them through food or we cannot build them ourselves, basically. Sorry. So you need to get them from food. Uh, so there are others that are called non-essential amino acids. It, not, it doesn't mean we don't need them. It just means that our bodies can synthesize them. Okay. So that's the difference. So when you have 11 essential amino acids that you cannot make, in your factory, right? You have to go get it, right? And that essential amino acids, they only come and are absorbed to our bodies from animal-based protein. And that is meat, fish, chicken, turkey, and eggs, basically. So otherwise, we are unable to make them. So the argument comes that, well, there's a lot of protein in peas, like you mentioned, pea protein or plant-based protein. Number one thing is that no, there's no plant that actually has all of the essential amino acids in the form and the shape of absorb absorbability that we need that humans can actually utilize. So don't fool yourself. Your pea protein is not giving you all the essential amino acids. No, it's not. And number two is your body knows 
how to utilize this protein from the animal base, because that's what it's meant to use as fuel. Consider this, you have a diesel truck and you put gasoline in it. What happens? It won't run, it will die. The opposite is true too. It's just like that. So our bodies are very much more sophisticated than a truck. So they kind of try to work with it. But honestly, it actually becomes toxic after a while because that's the, the side of protein that it doesn't get to completely get absorbed or utilized by your body because it's unfamiliar. And so you're just taking in something that your body can't 100% put to use. Does that make sense? So we're not supposed to be vegans and vegetarians. We are, we are omnivores. We're supposed to be eating animal-based protein and vegetables as carbohydrates. Now, I will tell you this. Not all meat are created equal. So beef from a feedlot that has been corn fed is absolutely toxic. So drop it like a bomb. You want to get beef that is naturally fed what it's supposed to eat, just like we're supposed to eat what we're supposed to eat. The same thing applies to animals. So when you have grass fed, free range, happy animals, you get good quality protein for a happy body. Does that kind of sum it up? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think our audience wants to learn more. Let's see. We talked. So, of course, you already answered the question really through the conversation. How does being a scientist and a natural bodybuilder put you at a unique position to help women improve their health, their self-image and their longevity? You kind of answered that. But is there anything else you want to say about that? Yes. Actually, I'm glad you asked that question. So uh, one of the major misconceptions is that uh, you have to diet or restrict food in order to be fit. And I, I believe people should be, everybody should be at their ideal weight that's appropriate for their frame. So uh, I'm an outlaw in saying, even if you carry five extra pounds, it's stress on your body, on your joints. That is the stress on your body and your joint. It's like carrying an extra pound of bag of something all the time. So that's number one. But in order for you to be on a, at, at your healthy ideal weight, so you're, you, first of all, your frame, your body skeleton needs to be strong enough to support you, right? So that's number one thing. Number two, if you starve your body, it gets weaker. So you can have a Lamborghini, but if you don't put fuel in it, how far will it go? Can you tell I like cars too, by the way? I'm a, I have a car fetish. So I use that example all the time. Have a Lamborghini, put salt in it, won't go far, right? So... Basically, a Lamborghini is like exercising, <laughs> it's your engine, and that fuel is your food, okay? So if you don't feed it, what do you expect, right? You're not going to stick to it because it could become hard if you don't have fuel in it. So if you have the proper fuel in your body, honestly, you never, ever have to diet again. Uh, let me share you a secret. It's not a secret to most of my clients who know me, but here's, I'm gonna, just going to say it. On average, in an average day, I eat about six to seven meals a day, okay? So this whole thing about intermittent fasting and restricting your food between six hours in the day, to me, that's nonsense. We weren't supposed to be intermittent fast unless there is food that is scarce and we don't have that problem anymore naturally, thank goodness, right? So you, to fuel your body constantly so it doesn't get hungry, it, it actually helps you stay at that healthy weight, but the key is the right fuel. Now, not everyone is the same, so it comes to individualization. So there's no one size fits all cookie cutter style. So what I 
do for my clients, athletes or not, is finding their optimal blend. So what is their really optimal blend based on my background in science and genetics and immunology? I really use all of that about a person. But even if you don't use any of that, you have to understand that if you starve your body and diet, meaning restrict food calories just for the sake of losing weight, what are you essentially doing is you're depleting your body of the resources it needs to function properly. And what you also are doing when your body as a mammal senses that it's going to starve, what does it do? It's going to slow down metabolism and it's going to store fat because naturally we were supposed to be for cavemen and it was food not available around us. We just sat around and kind of took naps and didn't move around because food wasn't there. You shut down your metabolism, you conserve. So naturally our bodies are designed to hold on to fat in that um, you know, situation of starvation, like bears, you know, they go into hibernation. So they use all of their body fat and they sleep all, all winter long, correct? So what we're not supposed to do that, but if you restrict your calories, your right amount of calories, especially the protein, your body is going to starve. And what are you doing? Essentially, you're shutting down your metabolism. So oftentimes, what do I see, which is really, really heartbreaking, women working out on a treadmill or an elliptical or running or 10 miles a day, you know, just go, 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 go cardio, cardio, and then they restrict their protein, and they have an apple after a workout, or, you know, that's it. And, and then they're like, why am I not losing weight? And you know what happens? When you do that as a woman, you're doing the worst thing for your health because you are essentially messing up your hormones because hormones are proteins. They, you need proteins to supplement them, right? You, you're messing your hormones. Now your thyroid is out of whack because you put it into a starvation mode. Now your thyroid is lazy. You go to the doctor and say, I can't lose weight. The doctor says, what? Here's a pill. Now you've made your thyroid gland even lazier. So no matter what you do, you cannot and you're out of energy. You see the vicious cycle here? So no, diets don't work. But if you, if you eat the right food and the right composition, especially for your biology, trust me, you will never ever have to diet again. One of my bodybuilding judges who I admire very much, um, his name, nickname is Sully. You might know him in the bodybuilding world. He called me the diet mutant one time in an athlete's meeting right half an hour before a show started. And you know why? Because most people eat whatever they want, not the right foods all year long, and then they go into bodybuilding mode or any kind of sport, and then they diet and they diet, they restrict. And they're going stir crazy for like three months because they have to burn the fat and do all of that. And they cardio, 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 do all of that to get to that weight they want to that's when they're like, he calls them, you're all brain dead. You don't even hear what I'm saying, but she's the diet mutant because I never have to diet because I eat that way all year long. And I never starve myself. Yes. Every three hours I'm eating something. It's not huge. It's not a pizza, but it's good quality protein. It's lots of vegetables, natural foods that my body knows exactly what to do and utilize basically. So that's right. I had another question to add to that. Uh, sometimes, uh, more often than not, you have men that are uh, naturally skinny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if they are involved in going to the gym and I ask them what they eat, they're telling me that they eat maybe once or twice a day and they feel great 
this particular person is always, always in pain. So they try to go through therapy, but really in weight training, when you do an exercise, you could stretch the muscle. And then they're actually saying, well, it caused me more pain three or four days later. They're not associating with their lifestyle that the way that they feed their body is adding to a complex problem of severe pain or chronic pain. Absolutely. You absolutely nailed it. So here's the, here's the situation when people don't fuel their body and go exercise and men even more so because naturally, uh, again, I say men have more testosterone and that's something that burns more fat. So you have a higher metabolism naturally, men, you're just lucky. Let's be grateful for that. Right. But now you're not really feeling the body, right? It is again, like having a Lamborghini and not feeding it. So it won't go far now, but in a human body, what's the consequences? You said, you mentioned pain and you mentioned slow recovery, right? Yeah, I hear that all the time. Like they go and do an exercise and three days later, they're sore. And sore to a point that it's almost painful to go back and exercise is discouraging. And the reason for it is, Let's think about that brick wall again. So if your muscle, say you talked about the calf muscle, the leg muscle, you do a leg exercise and you have lots of muscle, your, your muscles in your leg are the largest muscles, right? Your quads. So you work out and you work those humongous muscles, which need a lot of fuel now, right? So you would went through hypertrophy and you have those micro tears. Now your body needs something to repair that. Okay. So think about that br brick wall. Now we need bricks to repair it. Okay. So that we have that wall standing again the next day, right? You don't have the building blocks to repair that, that brick wall. So there are two options for your body, literally, and I'm simplifying this, but it's easy to understand. Number one option is to leave holes or broken pieces on that wall, right? And that is basically when you are inducing pain, you know, and not recovering, right? Your muscles aren't recovering. So we're not replacing those broken bricks. Option number two is for your body to say, well, I'm not getting resources anywhere from external resource sources. So I'm going to have to find that brick here somewhere. So it's going to go and grab amino acids and protein from elsewhere in your body. So you, you actually, your body is going to burn or take muscle mass from elsewhere to repair this because it is so essential. So both of those options are bad because you're trying to build muscle, but you're actually deteriorating your muscles by not fueling them. So you're not getting the results and you feel pain, of course, because it's, it's like a broken wall, right? There's holes in it. So you haven't given a chance to your muscles to recover. And for that repair, it needs resources. It doesn't grow on its own, right? So it needs something to replace those micro tears. And that's where the pain and the inflammation comes in. Now, another thing is when you are not fueled properly and you're exercising, guess what? That exercise becomes sort of a stress on your body, okay? So what happens when you repeatedly stress your body without helping it repair? It causes inflammation and chronic inflammation isn't good. So inflammation has a purpose. Sometimes it's good. If you have an infection, if you have an injury, you say fall down and knock down your knee on a rock. Okay, so that's when your knee swells because your body is naturally recruiting all your macrophages and all the cytokines, bringing to that knee to help it fix it, right? That's good. You want that. 
But if you have teeny little bits of injury inside your body, that's not as bad as that knee injury, but your body still needs to do something. It's constantly trying to induce some inflammation to repair, but it doesn't have the resources to do it. You see what I'm saying? So yes, you're exercising, you're not getting the results, you're not feeling your body, and you're going to feel pain, you're going to be tired, of course, how could you even function, you know, exercising, or not even exercising without fuel, let alone trying to exercise. So I, I highly disagree with regimens where people either don't eat before exercise at all and or have you you have heard about this i'm sure the intermittent fasting fad i only eat between two o'clock and six o'clock so no matter how much you eat between two and six or seven you're not going to get the amount of calories and the composition of foods you need for your body to do what it's supposed to do how much can you eat in that period of time, right? <laughs> Plus, it's like stuffing your body in a period of time and then nothing again. So that is that is a huge problem. I give you a story. There was a gentleman who was coming to our gym and uh, training, and he had lost probably about 30, 40 pounds. He was obese, and he was really proud of himself, but he had reached a plateau. So he was thinner, but his skin was flabby. And, you know, he wasn't conditioned well. He wanted to look a young man, you know, in his mid-40s. And so my business partner, who's a trainer, he talked to him and he said, well, you're doing all this training, but I wonder what you're eating. Can you talk to Dr. Lolly? And oh, no, 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 I figured that out. I, lo I lost this much weight by intermittent fasting. I don't eat anything before two o'clock and I don't eat anything after seven o'clock. Okay, so that has worked for some time, but it will stop working. So he resisted this for about, I want to say four months. And I'm not pushy. So I said, I'll let him just decide on his own. And he said, okay, I'm going to try this for eight weeks. I said, fine. The first thing he was shocked was, I have to eat breakfast. I said, yes, you have to eat breakfast. <laughs> I haven't eaten breakfast in four years. I said, you will. So we put his program together. And the first week, his first his first comment was, oh my God, that breakfast felt so good. I haven't felt this good in such a long time. And he comes to the gym and he is just knocking those weights out of the place, like totally like there's nothing. Where he had reached a plateau, he couldn't go above certain point in certain exercises, he would fatigue. And plus he was flabby in his own terms. So eight weeks later, he is muscular, he has lost weight, he's eating five, six times, and he's like, oh my God, I've never enjoyed my life so much. I am eating more and I'm losing weight, except what I tell you. Last spring, he did his very first debut bodybuilding show, <laughs> just because and he looks fabulous and he has not changed his diet since. So there you have it. <laughs> I have a live example for you. Like the first comment was, oh my God, that breakfast, <laughs> you know, it was just... Why do that? You don't need to starve. Basically, that's so. Adding to that, without naming any specific companies, but there are a lot of uh, multi-level marketing companies out there that promise people weight loss by selling them supplement packages, which are <laughs> obviously limited to to what we know, a limited nutrition. So. Uh, what's your experience with that? The a person comes in and they say, oh, well, I'm taking uh, company A and they're supplying me with all these meals. I'm 
investing a lot of money. I, I must, and there you're you're looking at them when I say, what you probably say, I bet you didn't eat a good breakfast. No. So, oh, I so I'm so glad you asked this. So uh, again, brings me back to how we're supposed to function. So we are supposed to eat real food, real whole foods. Our body knows best how to utilize that food. Okay. So supplementation, it really is supplementation. So for example, like I said, initially, uh, if you are taking your training to a next level as a bodybuilder or, you know, if different sports, you may need to supplement with amino acids or certain basic things just to support your sport at that level of activity, right? But it's supplementing food, it's absolutely wrong. So one of the first things I will tell everyone that comes to me, I'm like, I'm a minimalist when it comes to supplementation, especially if your goal is to lose weight. Oh my gosh, those things can be dangerous, absolutely dangerous. Don't fall for them. And my number one powerful principle, I call it, is there are no magic pills. The magic is you. So you have to spend time and invest time in yourself more than anything else. And that is buying your food, preparing your food, and eating your food. When it comes to shakes, I have a problem with that. Shake replacements, meal replacements that are in liquid. If it is solid, eat it. So... Our bodies are supposed to eat solid foods and digest them. There are multiple steps to the digestion. And the first step starts in the mouth with the enzyme amylase. Now, if you are liquefying your food and drinking it, what are you doing? Essentially bypassing that first step of digestion. So it's like going from kindergarten to third grade. Can you follow? You can't. So now your stomach is confused. What? is this, it's not in the right composition and the right pH. So it's bad for digestion, actually bad for your health, causes a lot of side effects, if you will. So you need to be chewing your food and eating your food the best way your body knows how to utilize them. Supplementation is not meant to be supplementing or replacing your food. In some cases, people may be deficient in something because they're not eating properly. I might say, you haven't been eating enough red meat, so you're iron deficient. Number one thing we do, we're going to make sure you get enough red meat. And if it's drastic, and they're say really falling down and passing out for a period of time, we might recommend a healthy natural iron supplement. And then once they're repaired, we stop because guess what? You can get your B vitamins and irons from your meat. You don't need to supplement. So that's kind of um, my stand on that. And I don't recommend supplementation for food it should not replace food so let's face yes. it it's expensive yes. to do that and how long can you sustain that lifestyle yes. how long can you eat three shake drink three shakes a day breakfast i recommend you eat your solid food mm-hmm. unless my, my point always i tell people i've had cancer patients throat ear nose cancer or people who can't eat solid foods and we liquefy the food okay. but otherwise if it's chewable if it's solid eat it so what do you breakfast pretty interesting. I'm nine days away from a competition. So my breakfast today was an elk burger with um, two cups of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> there you have it. Yesterday was cod. <laughs> okay. Well, what, uh, what do you think about uh, egg whites? I love egg whites, actually. Okay. Egg whites are great because all of the protein is in the egg whites mm-hmm. and all the fat and the calcium and the cholesterol is in the eggs I and mean, yolks. The yolk isn't bad, but if you want to have a lot of protein, you may have 
eight to 10 egg whites in a day, which is perfectly fine for protein, but you can't have eight, 10 eggs every day because that's going to kind of be putting your cholesterol and fat off the charts. So egg whites are a great thing. I buy the all natural only whites, um, liquid egg whites that has nothing added to it. So it's just pasteurized egg whites. I use eggs too, but for me, rule of thumb means I'm active. I can eat one egg a day on average. So some days I may have two, some days I may have none, but you know, normally for most healthy people, active people, they can have an average an egg a day yolk and then as much egg white as you like. For men, a little bit more, maybe if their cholesterol is okay. But um, yeah, so I normally don't waste the yolk. Okay, so where can people find you? Good question. <laughs> so, uh, but the best way to actually reach me is email me um, by uh, email contact at drlale.com or contact at drlaleh.com. I say that for now because number one, I like to have a conversation with people and I always offer a free call. So they can just email me and do that. I have a free gift that anyone who wants to claim it, they can send me an email and I will send them that in a PDF format. And what is the free gift? Can you give us a awesome. Yes, so I believe in true health and detoxing your life and every single aspect of your life. So every single person I start on a nutrition plan, whatever their goals are, they get a seven day action plan and it's called healthy for life action plan. Every single day you get to clean up a section of your house. You start with your refrigerator, your pantry, your laundry room, your bathroom, your medicine cabinet, because guess what? There are toxics all over your house that you may not know. And I provide resources to replace them so that you have covered every aspect of your house from and completely clean them from toxins because guess what those toxins in your laundry detergent or your your cleaning detergents could really really damage your health and uh, we don't want that so i've created the seven day action plan that people can take step by step one day at a time and then they will get to the last step and they go shopping so i provide resources of okay replace this with that and so it gets you started on a good kickstart for a healthy for life. What would be the three takeaways that our audience will remember today? Absolutely. So three principles that I always share is number one is the unique factor. So you are unique in your own way. There are no two people like you. So one size fits all don't work. So don't go look for a magic diet out there that's it's going to work. This works for 10 million people and it's going to work for you. You have to find your own optimal blend because you're unique and you have to work at it. It doesn't come free or in a package. Number two is there are no magic pills. So if you're looking for a magic pill, we don't name companies for those shakes or whatever to lose weight or put muscle on or whatever, there are none. Where's the magic? The magic is you. You have to work at it. And if you want long-term results for life, you want to be strong and healthy for life, you have to commit to it long-term. And the last thing I will say as far as athletes go, and especially with exercise and training, is that 
like you train your body for anything with repetition and practice and doing it over and over and over. The same thing applies to your healthy lifestyle and nutrition. You can't just do it for a while and not do it next, or you can't do 80-20. I'm a strong opposer of the 80-20 rule. What is that? 80% I do everything right. I do healthy things. And then 20% I eat whatever I want. So that means you're only allowing yourself to succeed 80% and not use your own potential. So I'm a kind of health coach that would say, I believe that you can do 100%, 100% of the time, and I'm not going to let you slack and say I'm good with 80. So good enough is not good enough. If you want 100% health, you have to be 100% into it. We don't take vacations from health and we don't cheat our bodies. So that is my three takeaways. I'm so grateful that uh, you took the time to speak with us. So make sure to connect with Dr. Lale and oh, until next time. Bye-bye. Okay.